What up, what up? This is uh, Unscripted, live one more time with uh, myself. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, if you've never tuned in, in before, this is what we do uh, on the Serato Twitch. Um, every couple weeks, we have a special guest on, um, and we just have a chat for a couple hours or an hour a bit. Um, and this week's guest is a good friend of mine, uh, Drew Bird. He's a multi-hyphenate in the truest sense of the word, as he's not only like a fantastic DJ and a producer, but he's also a designer, a promoter, a club promoter as well. Uh, has a great party, which we're going to talk about. And um, I've known Drew, yeah, I've known Drew for a number of years, and he's really helped me kind of get acquainted uh, with LA when I first started traveling down there. So um, it's really my pleasure to uh, welcome to the show my man, Drew Bird. What up, Drew? <laughs> yo, yo, man, that's a hell of an intro. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank it's, you. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll never forget, dude. Um, when I first started coming down to LA, down to LA, you were like really, uh, really supportive, man. Really helped kind of get me get the lay of the land. So thank you so much for oh, that. Yeah. Of course, man. Definitely. Anytime I come to Vancouver, y'all do the same. So I appreciate you, dog. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, um, yeah. Are you are you due up to Vancouver anytime for a shred anytime soon? Man, I hope. I mean, is it open? Can I even go? I think November 8th. Uh, actually, yeah, you can definitely come now by air. I think you can drive up if you wanted to on November 8th. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wait, so if Americans go, do we have to quarantine still or are we just good to just... I think you just have have to prove you're, you're vaccinated. But other than that, vaccination. you're good. Yeah. Okay, so. yeah, definitely for sure this year. Like, I know we've talked about this, but like Whistler has definitely been on top of my list to go snowboarding. So... I'm definitely hoping in January I'll be out there to go snowboard. Have you ever snowboarded on Whistler before? Never, never ever. Oh yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go. I don't know anyone in the chat if you've ever been to to Canada. If you've ever been to Whistler, it's like one of the best mountains in the world uh, for yeah. snowboarding. Uh, it's actually yeah. two mountains, right? Whistler and Blackcomb, right, right next to each other. It's huge. Uh huh. And from what I remember when I talked to you and Mike one time, um, there's like a little village there where people could actually like stay hang out kick it you guys dj there too right oh yeah yeah uh and in the olympics there was like we uh mike and i Mar shout out dj marvel uh dj marvel yeah. and the freshest we had like a residency up there yeah. and yeah. yeah it gets pretty wild up there um a lot of australians a lot of tourists um and it's it's a hell of a party a lot of young people so they go pretty hard up yeah. there <laughs> damn yeah whistler is definitely on top of my list so i'm for sure gonna go january awesome. for sure well, I got you, dude. I got. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a ride up the mountain. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> I mean, how did you get into snowboarding? Actually, just while we're on the snowboarding topic. Um, I think I got into it just. Uh, so I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, so that was like a good three hour, four hour drive to to Lake Tahoe. And some of my friends, um, their families would go, so I would sometimes go with them, and that's kind of how I picked it up. Um, they were all into snowboarding and I was like, oh shit, let me try this. And after that, you know, ever since I was like, what, I think I was like 12 when I first tried and went with them, I kind of got hooked from there. So I try to make it a point to at least go like two or three times a year. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some crazy videos. You've, you, where, where have you snowboarded in the world? I feel, I feel like you've done Japan and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, Japan was a trip, um, with the homies at forties and we, did a project with DC Shoes, and it was a collective. It was like FTP, Rocket, um, a few other brands, and 40s and Shorties, and DC kind of like took all these LA-based streetwear brands to uh, Niseko, Japan, wow. and they just 
paid for everything, gave us all new gear. Cra that's by far the craziest snowboarding experience I've ever had. It's crazy. If, if, if you love snowboarding and if you've never snowboarded in Japan, specifically like Niseko and like that whole area, like you got to do it. It's, it's a trip. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm, that sounds amazing, dude. I mean, Japan, yeah. I've been to Japan and it was an amazing trip, but uh, I've never been snowboarding or been up the mountains. But I mean, that's kind of yeah. one of the things they got going on, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like, and I think it was the first time we we all did this. It was a uh, we took what's 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 that shit called? It's like a cat or something like that. And it it's like a I don't even know the name of it, but basically you go into like this snowmobile car and it takes you up to the top of a hill and it's all like unpaved paths and so you're basically just like going through fresh powder through trees and shit that shit was fire as fuck but we're all city kids so it's like we're not used to stuff like that you know so like a lot of us got stuck in the snow and that was kind of <laughs> shitty part because a lot of us had to unstrap and walk and we're like damn this is tight but this is hella shitty at the same time <laughs> yeah man i went snowboarding last year for the first time in powder like i mean like real like whistler powder and it was mm -hmm. an experience i know this is a, a dj kind of chat but um if uh -huh. you're into snowboarding like when you yeah. go snowboarding in powder is a whole nother world and yeah it's totally um, different yeah you have to lean back a lot right like terror squad a lot of lean backs uh yeah i mean i'm still not good at it but um it was a learning experience i, I i'll be honest like I probably won't dive into powder until like I get a little bit more used to it, you know. I'll stick to the to the paved paths for now. <laughs> yeah, man. That's I'm with that. I'm with that for sure. I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of people in the chat. We got Cram, nine three seven hundred, Soul King Beats. What up, Soul King? Uh, obviously, Sunny James in the chat. Big up, Sunny James. Always uh, helping out with the modding of this stream. And um, Nico, Nicola Oscuro. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you all for tuning in. Um, we're gonna get back into this chat here with uh, with uh, Drew Bird today. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about specifically, because I know you've done a lot of traveling um, for your for this uh, snowboarding as well, but you've also done a lot of traveling with your party, uh, which is yeah. now Donovan's Yard with uh, Sean G, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Donovan's Yard, we've been. Tra I mean, we just relaunched probably like in June of this year it's so like four months ago um basically the the event that sean and i started it's like a brand slash event slash dj you know team it's like a crew of us and um it's called it was called shaba we've been doing it for like four years in la um and then over the pandemic you know i'll just go straight into it we got hit with a cnd by shaba ranks and so we're like oh shit that sucks, but we're not gonna argue with him. You know, we named this shit after him. You know, yeah. And we're a fan, you know, and culturally, we don't have a place to to fight with him on this as well. So we're like, yo, we're, we're gladly give it up. So what we decided to do, um, Shaba was something we did for fun, and we didn't think it'll be something turn into what it is today, and we wanted to give the name like a little bit more meaning. So we named it after Donovan and Donovan is basically the person who brought us in into like our small venue in LA. He's an OG Jamaican cat. And he was like, yo, use our spot. And so we started with him and he ended up 
rocking with us for like the whole four years, traveled with us and everything. He was like our OG. And every time we'd come and do the party there, it was like, come to my yard. That's what he always said. So it was Donovan's yard. So we changed the name for him. We named it after him um, during the pandemic. He went to Ethiopia to um, further his spiritual journey in Rastafari. And yeah, so that's pretty much why the name why the name changes Donovan's Yard. And once uh, once shit opened up in LA, that's kind of how we started all out. We're like a refresh button. This is our new name, Donovan's Yard, and it's been going pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like we've been doing a lot of shit these past four months since we opened up. So I'm pretty um, very proud of it, and also hyped for the future and everything else that's about to come. That's awesome, man. I mean, what you guys did with, with it as Shaba was huge too, and it's great to see that you're, you're able to carry it on. Um, mm -hmm. It is a bit of a bummer though. I mean, obviously, uh, but but I get it, you know, Shaba, Shaba ranks. I mean, yeah, he's yeah man, he's a legend, you know? It's like, if he, I mean, the cool thing about it is that it's the fact that it's a fun party that we had no intention of going this big with, you know? And it just kind of organically happened and it just, caught his ears you know so i feel like in a way that's kind of tight because like we got to be doing something right you know if he's gonna hear about it and want us to change change the name <laughs> absolutely yeah i feel like that's even almost like the the way it works like if you're doing something really yeah. big when the lawyers come that means you've made it um yeah you're doing something right you yeah know, if you're not you're doing you know and the good thing too is i think everything happens for a reason and then the new name it it, it has so much meaning to it you know because uh, Donovan Sire, that's what we call him, but his legal name is Donovan. He um, holds a special place in all of our hearts for like um, everyone who's involved with, with what we do. So yeah, it's, it makes more sense now too. Absolutely. That's dope. So yeah, how did you link with Sean originally? Because I know Sean's throwing parties in LA for a long time. Like he did the ice cream sundae joint, right? Mm -hmm. um, Sean and I go back, like we go way back. <laughs> um so basically he was like one of my first DJ friends in LA. And during that time, he was working with a group called Pac Div. This was like MySpace era. So this is when we were really, really young. Yeah, big and, up Pac Div, man. Yeah, yeah. So Pac Div and like Cool Kids, that was like the crew that he was kind of running with. And then um, a few years behind that is, I mean, not behind, but a few years later than that is, uh, dom dom kennedy started making some noise and so we're kind of the generation after that um that went along with like nipsey and tde kendrick q and all of them at the same time you know so we were kind of the generation after and sean and i met just you know djing for artists you know and just loving what we do and we both DJed in the hollywood circuit for a bit too like i did some hollywood clubs bottle pop and stuff and like he was doing a lot of that as well more so than me and i think at some point me and him were just like yo this this is like it, it's not us you know and i'm not throwing any shade on that it's just like it's just it doesn't bring me fulfillment as a dj and it doesn't make me happy so that's why me and him were like yo let's just try to start our own thing and do something new so that's dope i mean yeah, yeah i think every time i've been to like a uh, ice cream sundae or shaba it's like yeah really yeah. special environment like it's kind of sacred it's not 
it's not like what you'd expect well the music is perfect like really considered <laughs> appreciate that yeah, yeah. Um, quick shout out ant one in the chat too uh out in uh out on the east coast there um thanks for checking in homie um just talking about pack div though and talking about that next level i think there's a lot to like discuss there because i don't know mm -hmm. if like a lot of people are i'm um, outside of la are quite as uh aware of like that whole like Pactive and blue and all these like the artists yeah. and kind of who came from that because from what i understand and correct me if i'm wrong but like ty dollar was kind of associated with them dahi yep. and a lot of these other mm -hmm. cats that have gone on and, and had quite uh successful careers is mm -hmm. that can you tell me a little bit about that yeah i mean specifically if you want to talk about Pactive, i feel like they were the ones who kind of gave like a reset and a refresh button to LA during that time. Um, and we're talking like, man, 2010s, you know, mm. early 2010s, late 2000s. And uh, yeah, so many people were, were fucking with them at the time. Um, and it was just a new sound, you know, because during that time, LA has been kind of quiet for a minute outside of the game. J-Rock had some noise and... Um, Blue Blue was pretty heavy on, in, in my space as well. I remember that. But like, yeah, Packed Blue, that was just a whole new sound that came out of LA and it was just a different way to look at LA music. And I feel like with that, it attracted so many other like-minded artists. Um, Ty Dolla Sign was fucking with them. I mean, so many people. Swift D was doing most majority of their beats. DJ Dahi, um, Ty Dolla Sign, like you mentioned before, he was fucking with them before. Um, but yeah, and then from that, like, just a few years later came like, you know, TDE, Dom, Nipsey, and then from that, it just kept on going, you know, so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, shout out Pactive, and, and shout out like the whole LA sound is, is in such good hands right now, and it just feels like there's a real bubbling vibe there, you know, and so mm -hmm. many great artists, you know, um. That's crazy to be part of that, you know? <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Um, just touching on uh, back to the Donovan's Yard and Shabbos stuff, though, um, you've done a bunch of cool merch, too, uh, with, like, Dover Street mm -hmm. and, and Nike. I mean, this is, like, kind of what I was yeah. talking about when I introduced you. You've done, like you were saying, with Shabbos, you've done a lot of fashion stuff as well. It's more than just a night. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you want to talk about, yeah, those collabs? Yeah, basically, um, so... The party is going crazy and we just started getting some kind of cool press with it. Um, we did something with Brick Mag out in London. We did something with Hypebeast Mag. Um, that was, I mean, they're based everywhere, I feel like, mostly in Asia, but I think they had a New York office. Cats from the New York, New York office hit us up to do like a feature on us. And I guess just like the word of mouth of just like our events and the type of people who would come kind of caught their ear and then we just started doing our own merch and then we started selling a few online we just sell a few online give some to homies and then ended up just linking with dover street and they really liked everything that we're about and what our brand meant and it was kind of the first correct me if i'm wrong out there but it was just like kind of the first of its kind where it was a brand based on a party you know and like the music that we played and the vibe that we kind of connected with. And so um, I think, I don't think they had anything like that. So we did some shirts and we did some exclusive drops with Dover Street, LA, New York, and even in Tokyo and did that. And then kind of like 
in LA for me personally, I already was doing a lot of stuff with Nike as like just a DJ on my own and pretty much connected that with, with the Shabbos stuff. And then we ended up doing our own Air, Air Force, uh, no, Air, Force, Air Max. <laughs> yeah, we did an Air Max yeah, last year during pandemic. We were actually supposed to release it um, like March of last year, but because of pandemic, we pushed it back until like late 2020. So yeah, that's kind of how it all kind of came about. And what, what made you choose the Air Max 1? Air Max 1 or 90? It's the Air Max 90, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was an Air Max 90. Uh, what means? Oh, so during that time, they were, they were pushing the Air Max 90s for like Air Max Day or something like that. I okay. forget what it was. And so like we were asked to be part of helping produce a new shoe for that and kind of being like the trailblazers in LA to, to do our own flip on it yeah you guys did a really nice clean colorway um yeah that's dope yes yeah. do you have any p specific like attachment to the air max 90 though on a personal level oh yeah definitely i mean that was just a shoe i saw all the time like <laughs> even as a kid just like seeing that and like all the other djs having it yeah and just it was just something you always saw, you know? And so it was like, I've always had a pair of Air Max 90s as well. So it's just like, it just came full circle and it made sense for us to do it too, so. Yeah, nice one. Um, And, and for those of, of those people in the chat that may not be familiar with Dover Street Market, is Dover Street Market is uh, is it run by Comme des Garçons? Is it like a, it's kind of so, like an yeah. incubator, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they do, they, they I think, I feel like every time I've been to the one in LA, they really support um, like a lot of local brands too. Like they always have really cool, uh, kind mm -hmm. of emerging streetwear uh, brands, which is super dope. Mm -hmm. um, that's really cool, man. Lovely, love that store, especially the one in LA. It's kind of like in the cut, you know, like yeah, in the arts district. Yeah, yeah, down the street from the studio. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've also got a show on Apple Music. You guys are twelve episodes deep, right? Yeah, so that that came about during uh, pandemic as well. We had a radio show with Apple Music, um, twelve episodes, and it was kind of it was our first time doing something like that too. So definitely a learning process. Had a lot of fun doing it, um, and we should have some more shit coming soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> oh man, that's dope. That's, that's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, so people can like check out that radio show um, on on Apple Music if you're an Apple Music listener. Yep. Yeah, peep it out. Um, Shabbos Sound Radio, and obviously that's the old name, but you know the new shit is gonna be Donovan Sound. So, okay, Donovan Sound. Yeah, and that's kind of like a reflection of what you can expect at the at the club night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, except for Donovan's now, like we're just kind of diving into a lot more other dance music, um, not strictly dance hall. So we play everything from like house to. Um, house remixes to a lot of afro be a lot of dance all still um and we throw in a little bit of like hip-hop and stuff like it really just like it, it it just really depends what we're feeling and we see what the dance floor is looking like and we kind of just maneuver it that way but the best way to describe donna's yard is just a dance party straight up a dance party so if you ever been it's just one bit every time we do something it's just one big dance floor so that's what we do that's dope. 
Yeah, you guys had some crazy guests too. I've seen like Diplo roll up and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, a bunch of DJs play there. Um, what are, what are some of your favorite like reggae dancehall jams or um, currently or just like all time classic like go to go tos? Ooh, um, uh, let me see. I would say for like the new shit, I really like. Um, Skillabang is killing it. I like I like his stuff as far as like the newer dancehall artists, and then you got like the top tier. Not I wouldn't say top tier, but like the bigger named da- current dancehall artists like uh, Vibes and Popcon and them. Always good and fun to play play their shit. Um, I love I still love the classics. So like Sister Nancy, Bomb Bomb, um. Playground rhythm, Beanie Man. Who am I? Mm. Uh, Love that rhythm. That's the best. That crazy baseline. Yeah, yeah. And even like Cable Ten, Who Damn. That shit. Every time I play that, I feel like, oh shit, this goes so hard. <laughs> so I love that record as well. Um, but yeah, just just a few off the top of my head. Those are some of my faves. Nice. What up, DJ Seco? We got DJ Seco in the chat. I know Drew. You know Seco. Hey, well. What's up, man? <laughs> Had a lot of drunk nights with your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, shout out Seco and Marvel. Actually, they started Good Life Sundays again uh, in Vancouver. So I'm sure uh, when you're back up here, they'll probably want to have you play sometime. Um, yeah, for sure. Y'all fam. So that's, yeah. it's easy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just speaking of DJing, though, you know, can you just, just mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about, like, um, what, what DJing means to you and, like, what you try and achieve as a DJ? Mm, what DJ means to me. What I'm trying to achieve. DJing to me is like I'm trying to think of a word so it doesn't sound corny. Um, it's I don't know. It's just something about like a high you get when you're rocking a party and you rock in like you see everyone out there and they're just having a good ass time and they're dancing and they're like you know singing along with the songs and like and then like say like if you're quick mixing or you're just going fast and you just hit them with just like bam 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 and just seeing like the reaction of everybody going up for like oh shit oh shit like i love that feeling you know and i think that's kind of what made me kind of fall in love with djing you know it's just the feeling of like watching people enjoy themselves and I get to play music that I like and I'm like oh shit like we're feeding off each other's energy so that's kind of what it means to me I guess it's just like a uh, a way for me to feel good you know while watching other people have a good time and um shit I just want to just keep keep playing you know and just watching people have fun and I think that's where I wanted to I mean I don't really have like a I guess I don't really have like a set goal of what I want DJ to take me to in the future. I feel like I'm already there as far as like what I'm wanting to do. I just want to continue to do it and just continue to have fun and like, you know, genres, popular genres continue to change and like my taste in musical um, genres change as well. So I just will see where it takes me, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it. Would you say like uh, throwing your party like Shaba and... Um... And kind of like what you talked about a little earlier, getting out of some of the Hollywood and, and having a little bit more control over what you're playing. Is that mm-hmm. really like helped, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And even with Donovan's Yard right now, like 
it's definitely helped me a lot as far as like being able to expand and play what I want to play, you know, because when I was doing clubs, like it was mostly, I was playing all rap, all hip hop music, you know, but now it's like at Donovan's, I play dancehall, Applebee, I'm a piano, uh, house, house remixes, just like all dance music, you know, and it's fun. I love it. That's dope. It gives you that freedom to kind of like be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And just go wherever I want, you know? That's dope. Um, being that you're also a producer, though, can you tell me like how DJing kind of informed your productions? Like, were you were you a DJ first and a producer, or or was it the other way around? Definitely a DJ first. So DJing taught me as far as production. Man, it taught me a lot. Like just counting bars. That's like the first thing, you know. Counting bars, um, song formatting, intros, outros. Uh, sampling you know digging for records and sampling and finding loops loops is a big part too djing taught me a lot about loops and inquiring that into production and just you kind of uh can see what works you know so that's that all that kind of all my production from that like comes from djing so do you do you DJ your like the songs that you've produced very much? I yeah, I used to a lot more. Um, not as much anymore, but I, I I've been making a lot of more like dance songs and so like remixes and edits and stuff like that. So I'll throw that in there when when, when it's the right occasion, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, you should really uh, plug those that uh, that Bandcamp. We got your Bandcamp. Um, oh yeah. And if we can get that in the chat, uh, Serato, <laughs> um, yeah. DrewBirdBandCamp.com. Um, you got a bunch of your edits up there. You done like a, a Gunner remix and a, a yeah. Prince edit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what else you got? You got a few things uh, that you've. Uh, was it a what's that uh, singer? Summer Walker. You did remix for. I, I did. I did that. That's on my SoundCloud. But Sound. I I put more things on my Bandcamp now because SoundCloud takes a lot of my shit down. So. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I did. A Scissor remix. I did um, Grace by Lil Baby and 42 Doug. So just a little little sample of things that I've been working on and some remixes and stuff. That's cool, man. To be able to get uh, have kind of like a different approach, like a DJ friendly approach to making beats. But you've also made big songs too, right? Like um, one mm. of the thing I'm thinking about. I already want to talk a bit a bit about your relationship working with Dom Kennedy. But one of the favorite one of my favorite songs of yours actually is OPM that you uh-huh. produced. Can I, let's let's run that real quick actually i'm not I'm gonna, i want to play that joint um so yeah if you don't know this is a uh, one of drew bird's productions opm by dom kennedy and this is a mother effing jam <laughs> sure to set off a party especially on the west coast Spending O.P.M. style 
so yeah that's uh that's one of the one of my favorite joints west close right. classic right there dude um can you right. just talk about like yeah playing like when you pl do you play that song yourself ever yeah i'll play it yeah yeah for sure i've played it yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i feel like you gotta play that every set that's the joint dude. <laughs> yeah um yeah i've definitely played it before for sure and especially like if you're doing like damn it makes me sound old but it's like if i if i want to go a few years back then i'll that's one of the joints that i throw in there absolutely man um i mean it's such a it's like the whole beat it's got that west coast bounce to it you got the bass line mm -hmm. is that t fly mm -hmm. on the hook no that's the homie uh zeke zeke okay yeah, yeah the homie zeke he was on that he's a songwriter and um i remember he came to the house and i was like yo i got this record that i've been making and i want to hook on it before i send it to dom and then yeah he just banged it out right there that's crazy yeah man so and you you, you know do you play instruments like i mean that's all like speaking you, you said you've done loops and stuff but you're like that's like bass lines and synths and like all sorts of cool yeah. shit. Going on. i mean like i'm not i don't okay i'm no way that i can say like i actually play but i i can i can use my ear and i can figure shit out you know and i know what i like and so um it takes me a while i'm gonna be honest i'm not like your fast producer you know but when it's stuff like that when i'm making bass lines and figuring out chord progressions and like putting like a lead on it as well like it's gonna take me a little time but i can figure it out so absolutely i mean you that's a great air right there you're making a hit like <laughs> that dude shit <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that man so i mean um yeah i mean let's let's just talk a little bit how you linked up with dom because i feel like that's a really interesting story um yeah and yeah we've got people in the chat right now grace k-town she said damn didn't know uh drew produced that one it's a big tune which uh -huh. uh -huh. it's a big jam right there you know um yeah. yeah so yeah um so what was the question how i linked yeah how you linked dom. up with dom yeah tell me tell me about uh, that linking up with dom shit it really came back to uh i was an intern over at cornerstone the fader and i used to i used to have to like go to Fairfax and La Brea and pass out flyers and shit like that for them. And, um, I, fuck, I can't remember exactly how, but it was, it was somewhere around like Fairfax, like the early days of Fairfax when it was only like Supreme and the hundreds were there and flight club. So it was like the only two stores there. And I remember I used to go there and I run into him and I know he was like making noise in the streets. So I was just like, Oh shit. Like I make beats too, you know? And um, and I was like, yo, I got a setup in my bedroom if you ever need to record, and uh, just like real small spot studio space in West LA, and kind of he heard some of my beats. I think I gave him a thumb drive or maybe even a CD. I forgot what I gave him, but he heard it and he was fucking with it, and then he just came to the crib and then started recording and then recorded on one of my songs and that's kind of how the relationship built and then when he got his first show i was like yo i mean like i'm a dj before anything and then brought me on the road and we just became fucking fucking uh roommates on the road for like a good <laughs> two years before he started getting better checks and we could get our own bedrooms and shit like that <laughs> i mean hotel rooms you know what i mean yeah but yeah, it was a grind, you know. We I've definitely seen it from the bottom up, and um, yeah, so that's how we kind of met, just through that. Because I mean, yeah, if if people aren't familiar with Dom Kennedy in the chat, I mean, this is off his first record. OPM's off 
what uh, from west west side from from the west, west side, side with love too yeah uh that's on no from the wait no from the west i would love to yep yeah yeah so that's like what that's on dsps and everything but that's like probably the one that like everyone outside la probably knows right um that was the the big one one. that one still calling and when i come around those are probably his bigger songs and and um the the song he did with nipsey on victory lap Mm. and belly belly's on that track too Uh, oh that's a jam yeah those are probably his like in my opinion like his four biggest songs and then the yellow tape is also uh, the yellow mixtape is a, a classic. Classic. Uh, I feel like that record. that project like it changed a lot of shit. To be honest, for him and for like hip hop in general, I feel like it had so much influence on a lot of other people. Yeah, man. Uh, and that was what 2011 or 12, roughly. I think 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming like up on like a 10 year anniversary right here. <laughs> That's crazy, man! Holy shit, we was young as fuck too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember just the just on, since we're talking about production, you you produced a track on that one too. Um, I don't think uh-huh. it's on DSPs, but um, I don't uh-huh. think Yellow Tape is on DSPs at all. But you uh-huh. produced a track on that, a banger. And then there's a lot of other producers on there, like uh, like uh, at that time, uh, it was like well, obviously Dahi's on there, and then uh-huh. um, what's uh, Mike and Keys and. Uh, Rick. Rick, yeah. Rick and uh well they used to be called THC. That's right. Rick Rick and Axel were on there. Um I think Cardo had one on there too. I'm not no, was he on that one? I don't know. But I got two on the yellow tip. I did Gold Alpinas with Rick Ross and uh one twenty five. Gold Alpinas, that's the joint, dude. With the yeah. Aaliyah sample? Oh my yeah. god. That's such a dope <laughs> sample. Yeah. How'd you come across that one? Like that's like a live version, right? Uh, um Aaliyah. Yeah, I mean, that's like, a, it just ties back to DJ and just music, you know, and that's definitely an album cut, you know what I'm saying? So like, I definitely had to like, go back. But I remember hearing that and I was like, this would be dope for a sample. And then listening to the Yellow album and all the songs that he had on there, I was like, this will fit it. And so I've sampled it and actually it's kind of funny that beat i made literally in like 10 minutes it was fast <laughs> that's dope some of the times the best ideas come quick right yeah it was quick because i know he was in miami at the time recording with ross and uh that's when i sent it i emailed him like five beats and that's one of them wow so um which <laughs> uh sonny james says i may or may not have several pairs of gold alpinas that's a flex right there <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do you see these chats how, how can i see is there a chat yeah it's all on it's on the twitch serato channel but um oh, really? okay, I can't yeah, see. I'll, I'll add this to the broadcast right here there we go <laughs> <laughs> um and then um uh what was i gonna say um oh yeah what's one of your favorite like when you when you do go and, and dj you know a song of yours what's your go-to for for your dj sets of yours hmm. if i'm playing like one of my own songs yeah I really like playing Status Symbol by uh, Nipsey. All right, we're gonna wanna pull that up right now. Rest yeah. in peace, Nipsey Hustle. I wanna talk about that after after that. Yeah. Um, but let's pull up Status Symbol featuring Buddy, also another amazing mm-hmm. LA artist. Uh, let's go. Bonus points if you uh, know the OG sample, but don't, no, 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 no snitching. <laughs> 
I'm getting Back rubs from these leather seats yeah. Negotiator equity positions you'll never be Nigga. Rap sheet full of felonies yeah. Status symbol on my set of keys They say I was selling dreams Back to the brick wall, I'm in hella trees Visualizing hella cheese, you can smell a weed Niggas doubt pessimism ain't affecting me Fuel to the fire, took it higher than they ever seen Frequent flights seem like seven seas Shopping spree, spin the body loving jeans Eyes bloodshot, I don't never sleep My niggas act on instinct, we don't never think When confronted with a problem, we don't never flee We connected at the bottom like the letter V So accustomed to the pop, we don't even blink When them shots go off, get the Glock show off Yellow tape a nigga, equal up to hate a nigga Nothing major, nigga, just a demonstration, nigga Within the matrix, nigga, I drew illustrations with him Words that is, for sure that is Look, that nigga got his off the curb, that is So how the fuck is nigga so concerned with his? I be baffled by the fact when niggas burn their bridge And try to double back like, what the fuck is we that like? Nigga, no what this rap like? Way we'll too bad just fine And we ain't finna wait no more So don't waste my time Remember when we had no way No way But we'll be okay for now We'll be okay for now And here So another another fire jam Let's get some applause up in here <laughs> What up Danny? We got some more people in the chat What up Frau Danger? So, uh, yes, that is a crazy hard beat. Um, yeah, big up Drew on that one, dude. Um, you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Nipsey? Because, I mean, I mean, yeah. we all love Nipsey. Yeah. Um, Nipsey, obviously, I met through Dom. And uh, I remember with, like, my earlier production with Dom, um, Dom and Nipsey were really close. And I guess he just asked about a certain track, you know, and – Dom's definitely not the type to like push anything on anyone. So um, it was kind of dope when he told me like, yo, I'm linking you with Nipsey because I know that meant that Nipsey was like really asking about it, you know? And so we got connected through that. And then, um, uh, yeah, I, I did a few beats for him before and kept on working with him, you know? And he's fucking one of the greats, yo. Like I remember... He was actually like one of the first rappers to like pay me quick also. Cause you know, you know, sometimes like rappers get a bad rap of like, especially independent artists at the time, like about paying producers and stuff. But Nip was just like, hey, what's your PayPal? <laughs> it's just like in his voice. I just said it to him because I had money in, in my shit the next day. So yeah, he's, he's one of the greatest to me. Um, very smart, hardworking. Um, knows his business and uh, yeah, I appreciate the time that I, I was able to uh, meet him and spend time with him and to work with him as well, you know. And it's just it's kind of it's a, it's a tragedy what happened and how he had to go out, but you know, you see him in LA and even everywhere else, and his legacy is for sure like stamped in the game forever, forever, ever. So yeah, I think about. Um even the, the concept of like the marathon continues and how like mm-hmm. it's such a, like a great, um, I guess, motto to live life by, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, a, it, you don't want to run too fast, you know, you gotta, it's a mm-hmm. long journey, right? Like life is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, and like in all his raps, yo, like you go back to like just his projects from like the early 2010s, like, yo, he's been saying the same shit. You know he's been saying it you know and uh 
he's, he's very yeah i don't know what else to say he's just he's smart he's extremely talented he he knows you know um what he's talking about very well educated and just a straight up man of his word and gives it to you straight every time gotta love that right for sure for sure so yeah rest in peace nipsey man what a what a loss yeah. to the to the industry but you know um another loss actually and not to make it too too much of a back-to-back -back loss here but you also yeah. worked with uh another uh, late great artist mac miller um yeah yeah on the track here we go which has just been uh, released on dsps like, like uh, last week or something uh-huh mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so last yeah week, last friday and that's like what seven that's been around that you, you worked on that tr track a long time ago because that uh what what was mm -hmm. the record he's that's from that's from that's uh that song here we go and it was on his faces project right and that was like a mixtape let's run that actually one time i feel like uh that's a, a really amazing production of yours and um yeah it's just such a vibe man like it sets off it's like num number two on that mixtape too right track number two yeah it's like an intro and it goes straight into that song yeah, yeah. so let's cut right into it yeah so how's it feel can you feel it uh polo pajamas i think i made it I show my mom my first million, she damn near fainted. The rich and famous, so nice to make your acquaintance. The legends put out their latest, I feel that it sound outdated. I'm the hardest working person in the universe. Temptation victim to the church of Lucifer. Internet rappers ain't shit when no computers work. You spent your whole advance on two chains in the Gucci verse. The Gucci verse? I'm the greatest, admit it, I'm the greatest. And now I hold a grudge against anybody who hate it. I'm underrated, don't fit on nobody's playlist. If I ain't in your top ten, then you a racist. Cocaine ether creates a strange creature. They wasn't hearing me till I fucked with a brain feeder. I'm still playing it out the same speakers. I did it all without a Drake feature. So big up, big up, Drew on the on the beats on that one. I mean, that's a hell of a jam right there, dude. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Um, it was cool too. Like he talked, he shouts out Brown Feeder too. Like holy, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So I guess he was living out in LA for a while, right? Like uh, he moved out from where he's from Pittsburgh or something. Pittsburgh, yeah. He's really from Pittsburgh, yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he was living in LA for a bit. I I remember though he had to get away from LA for a bit because it just wasn't a healthy place at, for him at that time, you know. I could see that. But, yeah. He uh, he he was living out here for a bit. So uh, yeah, how did you link up with Mac? Was that also through Dom? Um, Mac was a little bit through Dom because I know they fucked with each other as well. Um. But that came through. Who did that come through? Oh, the homie Brock. So Brock, oh, he, yeah. he he was like he managed a lot of producers and he had a lot of relationship with artists. And I remember um, Brock had some of my beats, and he heard that, and that's kind of how it all happened, just through him. Yeah, shout out Brock. He, he feel I feel like Brock's kind of like <clears throat> you know one of those guys behind the scenes who's made a lot of crazy things happen. Um, yeah, for I'm sure for sure. Brock definitely did. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I met him actually through you, actually. Uh, I ended up hanging out. When I first come, so was coming to L.A., I think you put me in touch with him and, and Rick, uh, Ricky uh-huh. Riera. Oh, yeah. And they lived yeah, together yeah. out in Manhattan Beach. And I remember he yeah. had a surfboard because I, I love surfing. And I was like, yo, Brock, yeah. you surf? And he's like, yeah, I surf. And I was like, this is crazy. This dude's nuts. And he's like, yeah. he looks like the dude, right? Like he's got a real like super <laughs> yeah. dude vibe. Yeah. That's Brock. Yeah. Shouts out to Brock. And also, did you live with, you You and Dahi lived together for a while too, right? Yeah, we used to be roommates Uh, from like 2000. 15 to like 2018 or something like that yeah that's so dope were you there when he was making uh like the my type of party beat <laughs> no nah, we didn't live with each other during that time that was on his own when he was more uh closer to long beach but um there's a lot of shit that that happened when we fuck i, I can't even there's so many songs that he did when we were together i'll be like bro just take the just 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 get away from me, dog. You just <laughs> making me feel hella small right now. Like, <laughs> like my beats ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of the best producers I can think of. But didn't you find that inspiring? Just like being around that energy sometimes? Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Definitely. It was tough, too, though, because at that time, also, I was touring quite a bit. So, like, I'll be on the road a lot. And then... um he still have his own studio space too, so it's like he still his own thing. But it's always like when I was in town for a bit, and he'd come back from the studio, or like I'll go to his studio, or he'll bring weeks back to the house. I'd just be like every single one. But that that's the thing about Dahi. Like for me, I produce, and I'll still have some beats that are straight up whack. But like Dahi, he doesn't have a single whack beat. Like every beat he plays. Damn, is 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 hitting. hitting. Yeah, I could see that, man. I mean, I remember when I heard some of his beats, I was just like, "What? Like this is revolutionary shit," you know? Like, uh, yeah, he's crazy. He is crazy. Um, so yeah, what's what's um what's some of your biggest inspirations? Speaking of inspirations, obviously living with Dahi was probably pretty pretty inspirational. But what when you're working Uh on music, like what are you what are your biggest inspirations? Like how do you get kind of inspired to make music? I think it really just goes on how I'm feeling that time and kind of like what I've been listening to and what I've been seeing, you know, it's just a mixture of all that. Like, like I could, there'll be times where like, like for a month I'm heavy into like Moody Man or something like that. And I'm just going through all his catalog and just listening to his shit. And at the same time I'll be traveling or something or I'm stuck in home, you know? And I was just get in front of my laptop and be like, all right, let's see what, what comes out, you know? And that's kind of how it goes. I don't really have like a set process, to be honest. It's just like basically everything's on feeling and what catches my ear at the moment. And sometimes it's whack. Sometimes it's great. And I'm on a roll, so. <laughs> What's currently like your, your a big source of inspiration for you? Currently a big source of inspiration for me is... Um, Currently, it's just being able to DJ in front of a crowd after like a year and some months taken away from you. That's like being able to do that again. It's just like, ooh, I miss this, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy, man. I can't believe it's been that long. I mean, when you got right back into it, did it feel like, you know, you had to kind of get ready for it again? Or did you just feel like it was like riding a bike and just picked it up right again? I'll be honest. I had I was a little dusty. I had to... I had to get some dust off, you know, because during pandemic, I wasn't real. I, I wasn't streaming. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just like, "Fuck it, can't do it," you know. But once it started opening up, I had to open up the laptop and be like, "All right, let me see what these crates look like now. And like, what songs?" It was it, it was weird though because it's like 2020. People were still putting out music, but it's like people didn't really get to like live it, you know, because everyone was still on quarantine and stuff. So I always like was wondering like how would these songs work because they haven't really been played out as much, but you know it's a learning process and you see what works and like you get your shit back up. And after about a, I, I think after about like five or six gigs I did I was like okay I got my shit back you know I was I was, I was good. Now you you hit me with a text the other day um, and you were like hey I'm. Uh, I got an important gig, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> can you tell us about that important gig? Uh, Cardi B's birthday. That shit was wild. That sounds that shit insane. Was wild. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, she wanted to do a dance hall theme party. She was in LA. Um, so yes, we got hollered at to do it, and man, when I say like, almost everybody was in there. Almost everyone was there. I'm talking like. I'm on stage, you have Offset, Takeoff, and Quavo right next to me, and it's like, Chromatic's one of the like, illest fucking uh, dance hall DJs there. Um, Cardi B, obviously, you got Megan Thee Stallion, you got Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, the list goes on. It was literally everyone was in there. Georgia, George Smith was in there. Oh, what? Um, some of the Flatbush Zombies got, it was everybody, and and their moms literally were in there, and it was crazy. It was fun. I got really high though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a dancehall theme, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. But like, I I usually don't smoke when I DJ, but that night I did for some reason, and I was just like, oh, I smoked a little too much. Well, that is it's legal in in LA, right? So you know you're all good. It's, yeah, uh, it's all good. Yeah. I got fun, you know. Definitely like a night to remember. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. That sounds crazy. No yeah. cameras, I'm sure. It was all locked down, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you can go on the internet and see like what went down at that birthday. and You'll see for yourself. <laughs> That's so cool, man. What if, yeah. what a, there's some LA stuff that just does not happen here in Vancouver very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Vancouver, though. Sometimes, like, I'll be honest, like, I always think about going to Vancouver for like at least like a month. Just like, yo, sometimes I just want to get out there and just like post up for a month, make some beats and go snowboarding. Just kick it. Yeah, please do, dude. You're always welcome, man. It's always good to have you up here. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's going to be a, 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 you know, a really good snowboard season. Last year was, um, it was kind of weird too because of pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, it was mm -hmm. one of the only things you could do, but it was, uh, yeah, definitely weird. Um, yeah. It was easy to wear a mask. You, you kind of want to be masked up anyways when you're on the, on a mountain. It's like freezing. Sure. For sure, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that's that's wow, what a party, man! Holy, appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, um, 
so speaking of inspiration though um do you have uh-huh. any like recommendations on you know f- on producers or or other sounds that you, you you'd suggest people like checking out you, you talked a little bit about like i'm a piano afro beats and stuff like that or mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm. anything that you think djs should be like kind of checking out right now um i think it really just goes on like personal taste for that like for me personally like i'm really loving like the ama piano and the south african house and that whole wave coming right now um it just it sounds amazing you know especially when the when those 808s and, and that bass line drops and a little, like a lot of ama piano stuff is just like whoo it hits you know so i really like stuff coming out of there um if you want to talk about like Afrobeat music, like I love Thames. Mm. I feel like those artists are killing it. Uh, um, Papa Rod, he's a really dope. I'm working with this artist named Papa Rod too. And even before I started working with him, I, I found him and I was like, yo, this dude's fire. And he's on some like, he can do so many different styles of music, but like I think the songs that you find on Spotify right now um, is very funk based. So you should check him out. But he raps, sings, he does all that. This is just like those songs. I feel like are just a teaser to like what's to come and like what he's about to do because he's got a lot of he's got a lot of amazing songs in the vault that I can't wait for the people to hear. Um, and then as far as like hip hop, uh, I mean, there's so many hip hop artists with singles, but it, for me, I'll, I'll talk about like albums that I kind of really liked currently um i mean tyler's album was amazing to me yeah so um, good so good vince stable's last album with King oh. was good. yeah that was crazy good right oh my god so good. that song with fouché is probably one of my favorite songs on there um uh and even like king baby king i mean i feel like these are obvious but like it's good like as far as like rap albums this year i just feel like they kill it you know especially la shit that's all la you know tyler Vince mm-hmm. and Baby Kim, that's LA right there. Mm-hmm. Kim's actually from Vegas, but you know, we take him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, would any any what's the what's your favorite song off that Teams uh, Tams record? Sorry. Um, uh, I want to pull up a, a joint from Forever. Crazy crazy things. That crazy things that happen in that joint right there. All right. This one's chosen by Drew Bird for the chat. This is Crazy Crazy Things by Tams. Tams mm-hmm. also, for anyone who isn't familiar already, is the same. The she sang uh, on the biggest song of 2020 and probably 2021, Definitely. Essence yeah, yeah. by Wizkid. Yeah. So this is uh off her. This is on. This just came out like what a month ago or so. Yeah, like a month and a half. On her well, this is Crazy Things, Thames. All you do is lie, lie, lie. All you do is try, try, try. You don't even know the kind of thing. And I'm just trying to get my thing. And I'm just trying to get my thing. So you need- 
Big tune right there. Such a such a perfect vibe, hey! Like um, it's Mm -hmm. it's so refreshing to hear this Afrobeats vibe because it's to me, anyways. It feels like it's a really refreshing change from uh, obviously like trap music and a lot of EDM from the last ten years. And and not to say that that's bad necessarily. Obviously, there's a time and place for this, but to have this kind of energy in a club and be able to play it and have people vibing is like really lovely. Yeah, I agree with you. And like the musicality, like the production on it, as you know, from a producer's standpoint, is beautiful. Like that guitar and all the way the rhythms are, it's just, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. it's just perfect, perfect music. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you're you've also had like a pretty, a, a, a career, would you say, in uh, in, in fashion and streetwear too, um, as, mm-hmm. as as well as being a DJ, like I mentioned earlier, um. So you've you've done you know you've worked for clothing brands you've run a clothing brand can you can you like tell us a little bit about like what that experience was like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, at the time, probably around like eight years ago, when I was like touring and stuff like that, I wanted to do some side project, and a lot of my friends are involved in like just like the whole streetwear community and stuff like that, and you know, music and fashion and all that go hand in hand. And streetwear was really bubbling at this time, too. Um, so my boy and I and another friend, it was actually like four of us, um, decided they wanted to start a brand called 40s and Shorties. And I was like, okay, like I'll help out. Like I DJ and I'll plug it wherever I can. So that's kind of like the start of it, you know. Um, I wasn't never, I was never like a huge like streetwear guy and like, like a big fashion person but i kind of just got thrown into it and i think because music and in fashion go hand in hand I, I felt like that's why i worked and so started that helped them grow that with them they're killing it right now um we first started off with accessories and like i would bring in dom dom's uh sister she was running the mitch merch at the time would let me bring some on the road and she would sell some merch for me as well now 40s and shorties accessories like socks and stuff that was like just start and kind of just evolved over time now is they do like shirts hoodies like so they do everything now you know and yeah it's just like their wings are they're flying you know and i use everything that i learned from that to donovan's yard and to everything else that i do now because i with that experience i learned a lot about like branding and just like the business side of merch and all that kind of stuff you know so it was just a big learning process, you know, and I'm happy it's doing well, and I'm a, I'm able to uh, to use everything I learned from that into everything that I'm doing now, and I think that helped me a lot. Do Do you think it's like a pretty important thing as a DJ to kind of have uh, that kind of approach to business, you know, um, like 
not just yeah. DJ, but like approach things like, oh, I should have merch and things like that. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends what route you want to go. But for me, and I feel like majority, yeah, I think branding is really important, you know, um, because that's what's going to enable you to stay in the game for as long as you can. You know, if you have a strong brand, you know, think, like so many people, and I'm pretty sure Matt, and you know, a lot of people like this. We know a lot of DJs who, who came and went once they hit their 30s. And it's just like, it kind of fizzles out, you know, and um, that's something I didn't want for myself. So I knew branding would be important. So yes, I I do agree that that's very important. And I think that being able to learn how to brand and market yourself, but even like your own party is very important, you know, and um, people will associate a lot of, a lot of stuff that comes with that. So it's like, if you have a party and say that is known for, you know, fights every night that it happens and you know, that's not going to last, you know, absolutely not but for me. It's like, I had, I was able to get in with like a fashion crowd and um, still have my DJ background and still know a lot of artists and other producers because I produced and, you know, doing other things and, helping other brands out with certain things. Like, you know, I've kind of formed like a like a community, you know? And I think that's what's been able to help me succeed is just being able to have like a community of so many different people who do amazing things in different creative fields. And I was able to bring that into my own event and kind of made this really cool melting pot of people coming together. That's dope, man. Do you think that it also worked the other way around where it allowed you to like take a lot of the learnings that you've had in the fashion world and, and in that world and apply that back into your DJ. And I feel, I think like you almost touched mm -hmm. on it a little bit, like having your own party, but. Yeah, no, for sure. Like definitely hundred percent before it was just like, whatever, you know, like get paid here and there and I'll just do it. But now what I've learned is like, sometimes, I mean, everyone's situation is different, right? So it's like, you know, I'm, I've considered myself pretty older in the game now. So it's like, I've paid my dues. And so if you're a young DJ trying to get it in, yeah, go hard as you can and get the check where you can, you know, without selling your soul, obviously, but like go hard, take, take your gigs. But for me now I've learned through branding is like, I don't have to say yes to everything. Certain things that I don't want to associate with myself with it's for like certain parties I could say no to. And that's all part of like my branding, you know? Um, so yeah so yeah that'll that'll really help make sure that you don't get booked for the bad parties too right like kind of yeah yeah because sure. i mean obviously it's, it's like i said it's a learning process you know and it, it took me some years to learn this and it's like um like what's a great example uh like i will do i'll do this thing with nike right but then if it's like some and no, like, this is me personally and my personal taste speaking, all right? So it's just like, don't take it personal. But it's like, if it's something like Nike and something that I actually fuck with, then yeah, I'm going to do that event and, you know, whatever the pay is, like, you know, we'll work it out, you know, but like, I'll do that event. But if it's like, if it's like a brand. Sketchers, say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for instance, like, if it's a brand that's just like, not my taste and it's like, 
you know, I just don't, I don't really even wear it and I wouldn't even want to wear it. Then I, and even if they're throwing a bag at me, I'd be like, you know, I don't need to do this because like, I don't want, I don't want my name attached with that. You know, I'd rather have something that I actually like fuck with and actually believe in, you know? That's dope. So yeah, so Skechers, you're out. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, but no, no, no shade Skechers. If you got something, we we might fuck with you, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good, that's a, a good jam though. I feel like, uh, Mm-hmm. yeah we got to think like that right you got to think what you want get what you want and really mm-hmm. strive for what you want I, I love that yeah yeah for sure for sure and like like i said i'm only saying this because i've been doing this for a while and like i've paid my dues into doing all kinds of shitty gigs you know from free to like 50 bucks for a whole night and it's taking some time to learn this you know but if you're in a position where it's like yo you want to be a dj and it's like you got to get money because that's your only source of income then yeah do what you got to do Mm. but just know that you're eventually going to have to graduate at some point where it's like you got to pick and choose what's right for you and what's going to help your brand as a dj that's dope yeah and i feel i feel like a lot of people like that you learn that a lot later on sometimes and you just want to say yes to the money but yeah 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 like you said you can do that for a while but you do have to graduate at some point right it's like a you gotta have goals definitely definitely and even like just doing this is like like you got to do something like this as a DJ, you know, like being asked by Serato to do something like you have, like for me, just in general, like you have to say yes to it because you guys are such the, uh, such a pivotal part of our lives. <laughs> you, know, <it's, laughs> you know, for real, it's like, we, you know, we didn't have Serato, like y'all changed the game for, for, for DJs, you know? So it's like things like this, you got to say yes to, you know? So it's just, a little two cent there <laughs> i appreciate that I'll, I'll much love to the folks at uh in aotearoa new zealand uh grinding away at hq making the software making it better uh and always mm-hmm. yeah big big up the crew thank you for that drew um i wanted to ask uh, so, uh we have a couple questions actually we ask all of our guests and i wonder i really wanted to ask you this one um mm-hmm. specifically uh what what does the power of music mean to you uh power of music mean to me Oof. i think music captures energy in a certain period of time and that energy can either last or it can like fizzle out you know and when it lasts, I think that's something very special and very powerful. Um, so yeah, that for me, I mean, it sounds very short, but like, that's kind of what it is to me. It's like, if you're able to catch that time and that creative energy, and if it can last 50, 60 years, that's fucking powerful to me, you know? Because it's like, whatever was happening in that studio or in that room, when this artist or producer made that song, and they captured it at that moment and it's able to last 50 years you know like we still sing stevie wonder songs you know we still sing bob marley songs i'm still listening to section 80 by kendrick lamar you know so all that is very special because you're able to capture like an energy in a space at a certain time period and it can last this long and people can still go back and listen to it and it's still great and i think that's crazy powerful yo absolutely it's magic 
Yeah. I mean, even to, to riff on that for a second too, like I think that on a personal level too, when you hear those yeah. songs, wherever yeah. you're at, at that moment in your life, it's almost mm -hmm. like it's, it freezes it, right? It's like... Exactly. That's another, that's another great point too. Yeah. Like for me, certain songs will remind me of a certain time in my life or like a certain night or like, so it reminds you of certain people, places you've been, you know? And that's powerful too, you know? The fact that you can listen to a song and be like, oh shit, I remember this and it reminds me when I was in Italy doing so-and-so, you know? Doing this, doing that. So. Yeah. It's like a photograph. It's, it's like crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think in a way, that's kind of why, like, I love DJing too, you know? Because you can, you can help provide that story for people. Because there's probably a lot of times when it's like, for instance, like, oh, I remember this time when, um, I get, I get a lot of people talk about this. It's like when we did Fashion Week in Paris in 2019 for summer and Nike and SNS, they rented out this crazy castle and we're rocking it, yo. And I remember um, just playing. It was so fun. And everyone would always tell me, yo, when you played Beautiful by Snoop, just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and everyone went crazy. Like, that's that's a stamp in time, you know? And it's like, that that makes me appreciate DJing so much because you're able to like probably for some of those people when they listen to Beautiful Now, they'll probably think about that time when there was at a party in Paris and I played that song and it's like, yo, I got to play a part in that. That's fire, dude. Drew Drew coming through with the most envious parties <laughs> I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna play all these parties, dude. They sound incredible. <laughs> Oh man, appreciate that. But that is fire. That's really cool. Like that you, yeah. What a you conducted. You're kind of like a conductor of energy, and uh -huh. you you created a moment for like some people's probably the highlight of some people's lives with this. Yeah. And that's the song. That's awesome. Uh -huh. That is beautiful, dude. Like, boom. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's so fire, dude. I love that, man. I love that so much. Um, speaking of musical memories, though, this leads really well into this next question I want to ask you. Uh -huh. um, what are some of the most important musical memories that your parents gave to you? My parents gave me. Hmm. My family was never really into music, to be honest. Like my parents, I think it was more so my brother, because my brother put me onto a lot of things. Um, with my parents, I just remember. Uh, them like I was listening to uh, Easy E. <laughs> One of his albums, I was a kid, I was super young, like straight off the motherfucking streets of Compton. I think that was the album. I forget what it was. I remember them coming in and just being like, you like this? I'm like, yeah, I like this. And just like, they just walked away. I'm like, all right. So they never really put any boundaries on, on me musically, which, which I love. Especially like fucking, my mom was a heavy church goer, you know? So like, with her being like that, it was kind of cool that they never like put any boundaries on me of what I could listen to. Um, but yeah, I think most of my memories came with my brother and it was everything from Bob Marley to, uh, to Bone Thugs and Harmony to um, Ice Cube to Nas to everything. Tribe Called Quest, like he put me on all that. His older brother? His older brother, yeah, yeah. Oh, dope. Oh, what a cool dude. Put you on all the dope <laughs> shit yeah yeah so i learned a lot of music stuff and those are probably my my fondest memories of just like 
him coming back from school or something, him just like playing it in, in the bedroom. And I'm just like, we shared a room, you know? So I was like, I was listening to everything, you know? That's cool that your parents didn't freak out though and like disown you because you were listening to Easy or whatever. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, like specifically during that time too, you know, it was like, like the media and stuff would like depict rapper, rappers as like, oh, like horrible gangster music that's, you know, ruining your child's mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, during that time it was super sensitive. Like I remember like other parents would be like, yeah, but mine were cool. It was just like, all right, oh, shit. I remember, I remember at that time, I, I think we're approximately the same age. And I remember my dad had uh, the Cypress Hill cassette, Black Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I had the I had the parental advisory sticker on it, and I I wanted to listen to it so bad, and I listened to it, and he called me listening. He was like, "You can't listen to that." And I was like, "What? <laughs> you have this tape? It's your tape, you know? Like how yeah. unfair, double standard, but whatever." Yeah, still turned out okay. Still smoke pot. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, um, thank you, Drew, so much for your time, dude. Um, sure. I really appreciate you know you sharing sharing these great stories and sharing these great yeah. tunes. Um. Is there anything that you wanted to you wanted to like to, to let anyone know in the chat know about or, or promote or anything you got coming uh, up, either records or parties or anything like that? I mean, uh, I mean, if you want to uh, keep up to date, I guess things that I'm doing, you could just always just Instagram. That's like my main source of just like keeping people up to date what I do. So yeah, if you want to check what I'm doing, you could check that and. Um, Yo, shout out to Serato. Shout out to you too. Thank you, Matt. Matt's always held me down. There be y'all don't have y'all really don't have any idea how many times I hit this dude when it would be like a gig and some shit's not working for me. And it's like 2 a.m. in Vancouver and I'm just like, yo, Matt, I gotta do this. Like, what do I do? And he's just so quick to let me know how to fix it. You know, so shout out to you, Matt. Shout out to Serato. Uh, I appreciate y'all for allowing me to have a career, you know. Without Serato, I wouldn't. So thank you. Appreciate you very much, Drew. Um, before we go, I want to roll out to one more of your one of my favorite songs of yours that you produced. Um, it's still calling um, from Dom Kennedy, oh. featuring yeah. T Fly. Uh, yes. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna run that and we're gonna roll out to that. So big up everyone who tuned in today. Big up Drew Bird. Definitely do, go check out Donovan's Yard if you're in LA or if you, it's coming to a, a city near you, and, uh -huh. and bump that that show on the radio. Get those edits. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, we love you, Drew. Thank you so Appreciate much. You. Thank you all. All right. Peace. Peace, peace. Yeah. Still calling. Show me what I showed you. You ain't even my girl. Do you just how you like it? Yeah. We can travel around the world. I know he ain't gon' like it. Me and Annie. Fuck around, yeah. She's still calling. Y'all don't even talk no more. She's still calling. Say, 
we the topic that they talk about Still calling Me and Annie used to fuck around Check this out though, uh, I woke up Tuesday to a sexy lip, she made turkey bacon and we toast had to represent, and we been off and on like ever since, might take you back to Disneyland, girl I ain't forget, ay, the player president, no failed attempts, trying to get these girls back to the hotel and shit, and see if we can fix this little situation, you know them real nigga conversations, I'm looking at houses up in View Park, balling and rapping, I play two sports, an L.A. nigga, I might go get the Benz out in Newport, so help me figure out what I need you for, you, you ain't, ain't even my girl, girl. Just uh, how you like it, yeah. we can travel around the world, uh, I know he ain't gon' like it, uh, me and Annie used to fuck around, yeah. California dreaming, some more iTunes money to buy another Beamer, fiending for love and alcohol, the life of a West Side nigga with a catalog, I didn't know you had them all, the mixtapes, she say, Don, boy, you been great, and I'ma buy the album anyway, you been straight, I be going hard from like Wednesday to Wednesday, it's a lot of chit chat, tell me what your friends say, we could go here straight, and I got four votes, might order Pizza Hut, you know I'm from the old school, might see me on the Silver screen, know with Tom Cruise trying to kick it with them other niggas. You the ain't wrong even uh, Yeah. Do you just how you like it? Uh-huh. We can travel around the world. Uh-huh. I know he 